Hey listeners, I'm Sam. And I'm David San Pedro. And this is Fallerist. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back, listeners. We have a very special guest on this episode of Fall Risk, the one and only David San Pedro. Round of applause from everyone all around. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be uh, applauding in their car. Um, how are you doing, man? What's been going on? How's how's life been? Life's been pretty good. Uh, not much skydiving, just because the Pacific, the winter in the Pacific Northwest tends to be pretty rainy. I'm sure, you know, similar to Minneapolis, but. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of speed flying, hanging out with the dogs. So can't complain too that's much. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. And where, where are you? Just for anyone that's listening that doesn't know, where are you currently located on the West Coast? Uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon. All right. Awesome. Yes. And so what is winter like there? Like here in Minnesota, our winters can be either pretty mild or they can be like full on apocalyptic, like snow hell. So I'm curious, like what, what's it like out there typically? So yeah, we definitely don't get the the snow that you guys get, but it's just like a long gray <laughs> drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> but we we are like we do get some pretty epic uh, bluebird days, which is one right now, which is really nice. Um, so yeah, even though we have like the constant drizzle and grayness. Uh, we still get, you know, some good stuff every now and then. Okay. Okay. That's cool. I mean, sounds like a pretty typical winter for most places. I'm, I'm happy for you that you don't have to deal with like the apocalypse, you know, level, level amount of cold and snow that we, we get. So, well, yeah. And then when it does snow here, this place just like shuts down, we'll get, we'll get, I mean, three inches of snow and the city shuts down. Yeah. which is uh hilarious compared to other spots in the u.s so yeah oh yeah <laughs> uh i've been i've been putting my foot down recently at my winter gig um about you know traveling in some weather conditions that are pretty questionable they're like you're from minnesota and i'm like cool it doesn't matter man <laughs> like, yeah gotta i gotta say no to that so i get i i kind of get i kind of get the idea of why why people would would want to shut down for that kind of stuff but at the same time like we really push it here and it's sometimes a little sketchy uh, <laughs> the conditions that we're traveling in for work, you know? Right. All right. Well, cool. Um, I gotta be honest with you really quick, man. Uh, you were one of the first people I thought about when I started this whole project, like a month and a half ago. Um, you came out to our area out to skydive twin cities and I fly Minneapolis this last summer as tunnel support, um, for, for the iFly there. Um, yeah. and you, and you came out to the drop zone and you genuinely seemed really interested and engaged in spending time with some of the local jumpers and, and other people that were involved in the tunnel. And I gotta say, it was really, really cool and kind of you to like lend your expertise and share all your time with us. Like having you around was a real treat. So when I first started all of this, like, I was like, I definitely want to get him in here at some point if he says yes. So like, I'm super pumped that we're doing this. I'm super pumped that we, that you said yes at all. So thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it. You've left a really good mark on this community. Like people name drop you on a regular basis out here. And I think I speak for, for a handful of folks who, who really genuinely wish you, you sometime maybe make a trip back out here or maybe if if they're ever lucky enough to be in your neck of the woods you know uh fly with you so yeah first and foremost thank you i appreciate it yeah well, i appreciate that that was awesome i mean it was a 
it was one of the first like trainer trips that I did for iFly. Uh, and it was just really fun meeting another, a whole nother like tunnel crew as well as just a completely different drop zone that I'd never been to. So, okay. Yeah. Trip cool. was a good trip. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, again, like, I hope, I hope you come back out sometime soon or sometime in the near future. Uh, Cause it was a blast hanging out with you and it was a blast uh, getting to fly with you in the tunnel. So yeah. I'm just going to leave that, put that out in the universe and hope hopefully someday something like that manifests. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure it probably will, especially considering the amount of instructors that they have at that tunnel too. Like they're super short staffed. Oh yeah. So. Yep. Maybe sooner, sooner rather than later, we'll see you or, or uh, some of the other Portland guys who have all been awesome, by the way, like yeah. every single person that's ever come out. Awesome guys. Um, nice. Maybe we'll see one of you guys soon. So fingers yeah. crossed. All right. So are you ready to get into it? Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. All right. So just to start, um, give me a rundown of like when you started skydiving, what your jump numbers are, how much tunnel time you got when you started tunneling or tunnel flying the works. Like tell yeah. me about everything. So started skydiving. I mean, my first jump was when I was 18. Um, my older sister, uh, she started jumping. And then by the time I was old enough. Uh, she was an instructor. So first jump I did was with her boyfriend was my tandem instructor and she was doing video. Uh, and this was 2002. That was the tandem. And then went through AF, finished AFF in 2004. Um, she was my AFF instructor, uh, but actually didn't get licensed until 2006. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, so yeah, I mean, it's, I've been in the sport for you know, basically almost 20 years, but the jump numbers I have definitely don't reflect that because I'm just under a thousand jumps now. Okay. Um, so that's like in 20 years, that's like what, like 50 jumps a year, which is not many at all. But I'd say <laughs> the majority of my jumps uh, have been since I started working for iFly which will, this will be my eighth year working for iFly. Mm -hmm. So the majority of those jumps have been in the past eight years. Okay. So, All right. A little bit of a slow burn, it sounds like. Yeah, very yeah. super slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that first off, like there's a lot to unpack there. First off, you got to do your AFF progression with your sister. Yeah. That is super cool. How, how yeah. much older is your sister than you? Uh, she is uh, four years older. Four years older. Okay. Well, that is really cool. That is a, that's a unique experience. Not a lot of people are going to be able to say like their family no, got them into it. Yeah. And that's what was cool about it too, is uh, like looking back on it now, like I can't believe I did AFF without any, any tunnel time. But <laughs> I remember like when I was on jumps with her, anytime I'd start feeling like panicked or, or I was messing up. I just kind of look at her and she's smiling, give me a thumbs up. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're all right. Every, everything's good, you know, <laughs> but it just, it's pretty, uh, just especially, you know, working in the tunnel now and, and helping a lot of people before they start AFF. It's like, for me thinking that going through AFF without any time, like you're just throwing your body out in the air. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So it's a night. Um, it's a nightmare sometimes, yeah, depending I'm on the sure, situation. Yeah. yeah, I've seen some videos of pretty scary uh, AFF jumps. So, all right, cool. And so then you also talked a little bit. I mean, the only reason I'm bringing this up because you brought this up in in our prep email, our prep uh, <laughs> email kind of contact stuff. Or excuse me, sorry. Um, 
in our prep email. And uh, you just talked about it here about how it took you a few years to get licensed. Like what happened there? Uh, I was just a poor college kid. I didn't have enough enough money to to keep jumping regularly. And uh, yeah, I would just basically, I would do enough jumps to barely stay current. Yeah. But then obviously would lose that currency. And then I think I took uh, recurrency ground school like four or five times. <laughs> what, what did they call you? Uh, recurrency king. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had a number, this is when I, I learned to skydive in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that big of an issue then just because I was, you know, my sister worked at the drop zone and obviously it was frowned upon and I got uh, got shit from the the local <laughs> instructors, you know, especially since my sister was an instructor. They're like, oh, they're just like kind of playing, playing favorites with you. But mm-hmm. uh, when I started going to other drop zones, when I moved to Oregon, uh, for instance, uh, I remember the DZO coming up to me and just like patting me on the shoulder and being like, all right, so, you know, what's it going to take to, to get you to stay current? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it was honestly just a, it was a money thing for me at the time. I just wasn't making enough money and yeah. uh, I didn't have my own gear, but as soon as I got my own gear, uh, and then, you know, had more work, just made it more feasible. Yeah. That's understandable. It's hard. It's hard as a young person. Uh, I remember when I first started to like worrying about how I was going to pay for everything and like knowing that I really wanted to make it, make it all work. Um, I mean, I got really lucky with, some, with how some of the things worked out for me. Um, and like the people I was connected with, you know, helped out a lot, but I remember how frustrating it was feeling like you weren't going to have enough money to like even make two jumps, you know, in a day yeah. or, or three, you know, like, so I get that. That's, that's totally fair. Yeah. And at the time I actually did have uh, a few friends, like, uh, one of the guys that taught me how to free fly in the sky, he was a close family friend, friend of mine. And, um, yeah, multiple times he would just, he would kind of buy me a jump here and there. And I mean, obviously having my sister as an AFF instructor, uh, she was able to basically going through AFF. I think I paid like less than half of what the actual AFF course cost because, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't, she was able to kind of work her magic with that. But, uh, but yeah, I, same thing. I did have friends that, that helped me out, but I just still, it wasn't enough to stay current. Mm-hmm. Well, here you are now, right? You, yeah. you, you persisted, you persevered. Here you are now. Very current. Very current <laughs> very now. now. <laughs> All right, cool. That's uh that is a unique start to skydiving. Yeah. Very, not the, very, yeah, not the best, but you know, I'm still here. So definitely interesting <laughs> though. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, do you have any skydiving instructional ratings at all? I have my coach rating. Okay. Um, so what's funny is I got my coach rating beginning of last year and I was like, as soon as I got it and started doing coach jumps, I just couldn't believe it took me that long to get that rating. Cause it was, it's just so coach jumps are so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially cause a lot of the coach jumps I, I did last year were with people that I started flying with in the tunnel. So being able to take the experience with them in the tunnel and then take that to the sky was really cool. Yeah. That's super. So, that's awesome. Um, do you yeah. have any interest in getting your AFF rating or getting your tandem rating moving forward? Yeah, that's, uh, kind of, that's my goal for this year is to do, to get AFF and, and then the tandem rating. Um, okay. just to have another, a second source of income. I mean, granted we have a short season, so it's not going to be like a game changer as far financially, but just to be able to work in the sport more would be cool. 
yeah. um, and just, you know, be able, to, be able to make a little bit more money than instead of just fully relying on mm-hmm. uh, iFly, which, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, I get it. I get it. We don't, we don't have to get in too deep yeah. into that, but I get it. Um, I will say, I mean, so I was a skydiving instructor before I was a tunnel instructor. And even though I only had a few years under my belt in terms of like being at the tunnel, um, what I did find was that we had a ton of crossover. Yeah. And I'd say the two drop zones in, in our area, PNW skydiving and skydive Oregon, um, they both highly recommend or highly, you know, they push their AFF students to at least get like 10 minutes in the tunnel before they do any jumps. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's been pretty nice for sure, but it, it's a little bit difficult to book block time now, which makes it a little frustrating. So yeah. that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> oh, we can talk about that. So we're blue no. in the face. We're not yeah. going to do that though. So no, no. Yeah. don't worry. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Like fingers crossed. I hope it works out for you this summer. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me what your first jump was like? Do you remember what it was like? Do you remember anything specific from it at all? Yeah, actually it was, uh, so it was with my sister and her boyfriend, her boyfriend was the TI and she did video. Um, and he, her boyfriend, his, his name's, uh, Fred Witsit or this was, they're not together anymore, but, uh, Fred Witsit, he used to be part of like, I think the, the South African, uh, belly flying team, four way mm-hmm. team. So really awesome dude. And he, him and my sister were actually the two that taught me how to jump. Uh, and just like such a chill, chill person. Like, you know, obviously it's your first jump mm-hmm. and you're getting, getting kind of amped up and, uh, you know, he'd every now and then he just kind of tapped me on the shoulder, like, all right, just make sure you take a nice deep breath. You know, yeah. we're taking care of everything. Just kind of enjoy the ride type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the same thing going through, through AFF with him. It was the same, you know, like he could see me kind of getting in my own head and he's mm-hmm. like, just take a deep breath, kind of visualize the jump. So, um, but yeah, as far as that, that first jump goes, I remember being in the plane and then seeing somebody right next to me. And then a second layer later, there's this tiny little dot and I'm just like, Oh, what the frick? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, immediately like, you know, obviously the, the two people that I did the jump with were, were special to me and uh yeah I was immediately hooked and it, granted like I always kind of had this little obsession with skydiving I remember the first time seeing it on tv as a kid I was it was both my older sister and I and uh just being like completely um absorbed in you know the the act of people you know flying through the air so it, it was always kind of like a uh not obsession, but always something that I was very, very interested in, in doing. So, okay. Yeah. Do you, do you remember, um, what the thing it was that you saw? Like the, was it a movie? Was it an ad? It, do I honestly think it was probably one of the either point break or one of those other really good movies, uh, <laughs> drop, drop zone or, or, you know, there was one with like Wesley Snipes, I think. Uh, that was Drop Zone, yeah. Yeah, Drop Zone. So yep. I think it was one of those, one of those okay. movies. <laughs> cool. I'm always, I'm always on the hunt for whoever uh, also saw the Power Rangers one the first time, because that was my first exposure to oh, it. And I'm nice. like, come on, there's got to be at least one other person who watched that first. So yeah, no, cool. I, it wasn't the Power Rangers. It was yeah. one of those other ones, though. <laughs> All right. So what are you currently rocking in terms of like a wing? What are you, what are you jumping these days? 
uh, uh, JFX. The How you original. like the original, the first one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What size? Uh, 84. Ooh, how you like it? I love it. So, um, yeah, when you look at jump numbers and the canopy I'm flying, like there, if you were just <laughs> to look at the numbers, then yeah, you'd, you'd say like, okay, you probably shouldn't be on that canopy. Um, but I've done a couple of canopy courses as well as just, um, been speed flying for about seven years. So like the sight picture with speed flying has really helped with flying this, the smaller canopy. Mm -hmm. um, but I never getting into it. Like I, I as far as like um, swooping progression um, from, from the get-go, like I kind of downsized pretty quickly. Like I, I think at 500 jumps, I had a Stiletto 107. Um, but it wasn't, I didn't get that because I wanted to fly a small canopy. It was basically like, I found this used, this used system, mm -hmm. a fully complete used system, which is still the same uh, rig I'm jumping now. And it was essentially the guy was my exact same build. So it was made for me kind of thing. Uh, and then when I bought it at the time, uh, my uh, Fred Witz, the guy that taught me how to skydive with my sister, um, he'd, he spent some time with me, you know, just really um, kind of putting into my head, like, hey, this is, this is, you probably shouldn't be on something like this, but I'll be able to like coach you through how to fly something like this. Mm -hmm. um, and I was never, when I got it, I was never, uh, I didn't want to start swooping. I, I didn't start swooping until maybe like two years ago. Yeah. Um, and that's only like two seventies. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, w I wasn't the type to like, I want to downsize because I want to start swooping. It was basically like, Hey, here's this system. I probably shouldn't be on this canopy. I want to enjoy skydiving for my whole life. So I'm going to learn how to be as conservative as I can, even though I'm not doing a very conservative thing by being on something like this at this time in my skydiving career, I guess. You wouldn't necessarily advise anybody to do that. It's a different time. No. I got to say, like when this probably happened to you, it was a very different time in skydiving. So, yeah. so certain things happened that now we look at it, we we look at it, you know, in retrospect and we're like, shouldn't yeah. have done that. Or maybe, maybe should have changed things a little bit. But I mean, like you recognize that, like you're just the way you're talking about it doesn't right. make, like doesn't put off any alarm bells, you know? So it's, yeah, like, you knew, you understood. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as the, the the canopy I'm jumping now, though, I absolutely love it because I went from stiletto to a crossfire and now I'm on a, a JFX. So the crossfire to JFX transition was really nice. Um, and yeah, it's a great, it's a great canopy for what cool. I'm, you know, what I'm doing now. So. Yeah, they're great workhorses yeah. all around. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. I mean, my attitude about the whole downsizing thing has changed over the years. Like when right. I was really young and didn't know anything about it, like I was like rules, rules, rules. Like somebody told me this and this is what you, I think you should do. Like not because I know, or not because I have any experience with this, but this is just what I've been told. And this yeah. is what I'm going to tell other people. My attitude now about it is laxed a little bit in terms of like when people are, are ready to downsize, it's not just a numbers game anymore. You have to take in, into consideration like skill set and like, how they retain and interpret information, you know, it's a individual case versus, you know, kind of a catch-all kind right. of attitude about it. So I don't, 
Oh, I don't really have an opinion on that anymore, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. Unless it's unless it's like grossly negligent, like where it's like, right. oh, buddy. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, to each their own, you know? Yeah. Do you? All right, cool. Um, What do you like to do outside of flying and skydiving? What kind of hobbies um, you got? I do a lot of, well, so I started mountain biking a couple of years ago, uh, which has been pretty fun. It's funny because I, I was recovering from a collarbone break so I had a collarbone surgery and I found this full suspension carbon mountain bike on Craigslist for like a ridiculous price and I'm still recovering from the surgery and I go out and buy this mountain bike and my wife Michelle is just kind of like what (laughs) (laughs) the biggest injury on mountain biking is collarbones essentially and I'm like recovering still can't do all the stuff that I used to be able to do and I decided to go out and buy a mountain bike but um (laughs) I'd say outside of all the flying stuff paragliding and speed flying uh mountain biking has been pretty fun Mm -hmm. um and then just you know well actually I haven't gone skiing since that accident it's not because I'm scared to go skiing again I just haven't really like got around to it Mm -hmm. and I think when I actually did have that accident though like I, I love skiing it's super fun but out of all things to get hurt from yeah I was like I don't love it enough to get hurt from it. <laughs> yeah so that's probably one reason why I haven't gotten back to you I still I do want to ski again I just it's been kind of like eh, you know <laughs> yeah but yeah I'd say mountain biking hanging out with my dogs my wife Michelle okay uh, we got a pretty big garden so when the growing season starts we're doing a lot of work around in our garden Cool. It's pretty fun. That's pretty neat. Um, yeah. can, you, can you talk a little bit more about your doggos? Because I know they're kind of a huge part of life for you. Oh, yeah. So I think, yeah, there's Mochi behind me right here. Basking in the um, sun. Yeah. See her. Yeah. And then Coda's <laughs> probably back in the back of the house. But yeah, they're both shepherds. But so I think this is funny because I think we were actually friends on Instagram because we were fanboying each other's dogs. Yes. <laughs> yes, we were before we ever even met in person. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember when I went to Skydive Twin Cities for the first time, I saw you and I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, what's your dog's name again? Sunny. Sunny. I'm like, oh, that's Sunny's owner. <laughs> but it was just all like recognition from, you know, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What a weird, what a weird time we live in. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I have two shepherds. Mochi's a, a shepherd mix. And then Coda, or he's a five-month-old puppy. He's a, a Shiloh shepherd, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a newer shepherd breed. Yeah. So. Okay. But, they're adorable, by the way. If you guys haven't checked it out, like maybe I'll drop your uh, Instagram handle in, yeah, the, awesome. in the show notes. And I'll be like, oh, look at the dogs. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah. They're, I'm, I'm a big fan of, she- I grew up with German shepherds when I was a kid. So uh yeah they're a lot of work but they're gonna they're I mean some of the most loyal dogs in my opinion mm-hmm. so yeah and it seems too like you guys are doing a lot of work with um at least the little guy right now like I keep yeah. seeing it on your Instagram like you guys out on on ventures and um you know like I, I guess I don't see a lot of the training itself but I see like photos of you know the two doggos out and about I see you know you guys yeah. taking well, them places like and especially with the young with Coda the smaller one just because we didn't we did some training with Mochi when she was a puppy. Um, but the fact that when Coda's full grown, he's going to be like 120 pounds and we just want him to like be on point because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than I think dog owners that have these massive dogs that are uncontrollable. So yeah. we're trying to be as diligent as we can with, with this guy. Cause 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if we didn't put any work into him, he'd be kind of a maniac. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Uh, that's I had a similar kind of approach when I got Sonny. I the dog I had before him was a Husky Shepherd mix, but I'm pretty sure there was some lab in there too. So like he was pretty well behaved, like just across the board, you know, with some basic training. But getting Sonny and not having experience with just a straight up, you know, full blood German Shepherd, like like we got to be really on point with you. Like you have your breed has a rap for being, you know, yeah, a specific way. And we're not going to do that. We're you're going to be the exception, not the rule. So yeah, I totally get it. Totally understand that. Yeah. All right. Switching gears a little bit. Tell me a little bit more about speed flying and paragliding. Like how'd you get into it? Where are you going with it? Why do you enjoy it so much? Uh, so funny thing. I originally got into speed flying with a couple of my skydiving buddies because we were like, oh, we want something you can do when you can't skydive. Thinking uh, in our minds, we're like, oh, when it's when it's cloudy, you can go speed flying. And it turns out like with speed flying, you want even more pristine conditions than for skydiving. Like, sure, you can you can fly if there's clouds, but like any type of wind, whatever the wind direction, where where the wind's coming from, like it's so much more finicky. So we kind of went into it the wrong way because we're like, oh, we, we skydive with small canopies. We can fly these little speed wings. And so it was myself and I think three or four other skydiving buddies that we were able to get our hands on some speed wings. And I mean, we were just, it was like the typical, it's kind of like how, you know, you have those skydivers that come to the tunnel and it's like, the typical thing we were like the typical skydivers that were like oh yeah we got speed wings we know what we're doing and it's like no like the fact that we're all still alive is, is very very i mean we're super fortunate um because yeah there was just there was a few times where we 100 should not have been flying mm-hmm. but we're like ah oh, this is no we think this is good but we just didn't know yeah um so i had i had a couple flights where it was like I, I definitely in my mind I'm like I'm, I'm missing something here and this was with we didn't we didn't go through any training we were just like oh we hear you're supposed to like learn how to kite the wing which is you know controlling the wing on the ground and then once you're once you can do that you're good but um I was just miss, missing a wealth of knowledge and so one of my buddies uh who I met through speed flying he was a paraglider a paragliding instructor uh he kind of took me under his wing and and actually taught me all the stuff I was missing um because you know the same thing like if you if you get into parag like people would get into paragliding and then kind of start going into speed flying if they if they wanted to go that route whereas for me I was like oh skydiver I fly small canopy so I can fly a small wing but it's just the flying style is different like it's you know but um but yeah I got into paragliding because I realized I was missing all of this knowledge um and my a buddy of mine just became an instructor and it was at the time when you could basically staff time was you could use it however you wanted mm-hmm. <laughs> back in the wild west days um so i essentially traded you know tunnel tunnel coaching for uh paragliding coaching so man <laughs> that would have been so nice gosh yeah I mean, I understand why, like, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a whole other thing, though. <laughs> whole other thing. But dang, but that, I, what yeah, a time I, to be I, alive. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that was the beginning. That was 2015. So uh, that'll be eight years ago now. So that's, things were very different. <laughs> mm. hmm. All right. Well, it's pretty cool. Um, where do you typically go flying, like paragliding and speed flying it? So uh, in Portland, so you drive 20 miles or 20 minutes east, you're in the Columbia River Gorge. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's this beautiful area with like thousands of miles of hiking trails and throughout the gorge there's multiple sites like as you're driving down the gorge there's multiple sites that you can stop at and, and launch from depending on what the wind is doing what the weather's doing um, so I'd say the majority is in the gorge um, which you know the flights they're not they're not not like Salt Lake City's turn is has become like speed flying Mecca and you have like 4,000 foot flights there I think the biggest one we have in the gorge is maybe 1,800 feet but uh it's just the accessibility of it all is is really cool so there's a there's like a drive up site that you can go to and all of these are within an hour from my house so nice. uh, if the conditions are good you can essentially fly multiple sites uh within an hour from the house and then okay. what's cool with oregon um on the oregon coast a bunch of flying sites on the oregon coast and that's kind of a different style of flying too that's more so like uh, ridge soaring Whereas in the gorge, uh, if you're not speed flying, you can do a lot of like thermal flying. So like cross country thermal flying, uh, but ridge, like just straight ridge soaring on the coast is uh, just some of the most, like it's, it's a lot less, as long as the winds aren't crazy, it's mm-hmm. gonna be, it's like the most, I would say the most forgiving type of flying because okay. you're just catching wind the smooth air that's coming off the ocean. There's no obstructions. It's just smooth air coming off the ocean and then hitting a ridge. And then you're just riding that, that lift that comes off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like, you know, when I, when I started to learn how to fly, most of the spots were out in the coast. It's a place called Cape Kiwanda. It's just a big dune that goes down into the ocean. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you could, you could be out there all day, either just kiting your wing or just flying, flying on the, the ridge where, you know, the wind's hitting it. You're just ridge soaring that whole time. So hmm. that sounds like a lot of fun. It's really fun. Um, just the amount of time. That's the thing I really like. I, so like I was getting with skydiving, I was getting more comfortable underneath my canopy. So I'm like, this is really awesome. I want this to last longer. So then it was like, oh, speed flying. And then really started enjoying speed flying. And um, this is, this is even greater, but I want this to last longer. So then started with going, getting into paragliding with the bigger wings and I mean, the biggest flight I've had was like four and a half hours. And I had to, yeah, I had to, <laughs> I had to land just because I had to pee so bad. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of the days where there was just so many thermals, such strong thermals that it was like hard to come down. It was just, as soon as you start, you'd start spiraling down. And as soon as you get close to the landing area, you would just get picked up by another thermal and get launched back into the sky. So um yeah, I'd say like out of all the things that I've done with skydiving, speed flying, thermal flying under a paraglider is probably the scariest thing, especially when you're first learning. Now, you know, I'm a lot more comfortable with it. But when you're first learning, like when half of your wing goes into a thermal and then the other half isn't, a lot of times it'll just, that other half of the wing will just collapse. And so then you have this collapsed wing while you're getting sucked up into the air. Uh, and the wings are made to like essentially come come back out and start yeah. flying again, especially depending on what rating wing you have. Uh, but yeah, like I've all I've always been used to 
the feeling of coming down mm-hmm. and the feeling of like getting pulled up in a harness was yeah. just <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, once you get used to it, it's just so much fun, especially because it's just like you're, you're searching for these these thermals to try and make your flight go, last the longest and you're trying to go as far as you can go just with like free air, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, the beauty of like hiking a really pretty spot and then fl- being able to fly it uh, is something that I really love about it. I mean, I, I love skydiving. It's just, it goes back into like the money thing when I was first getting into skydiving, I'm like, man, I can't afford to jump. I mean, that's different now, but um, yeah, I mean, you just pay for some gas to go out to a launch and then you get to fly all day if the conditions are good, so. That's cool. That sounds super cool. Like I have wanted to get more into speed flying and paragliding in the past. Um, what you're describing is really cool, especially the dunes. Like I'm picturing it right now. Like that sounds yeah. like a blast. And the Oregon Oregon coast in general is just such a dramatic, it has such dramatic scenery. Mm-hmm. So some of the spots that I've flown at are like, when you're on the ground, they're absolutely beautiful but being able to see them from the sky and then being able to like catch lift off some of these rock formations that are like, like I said, from the ground, you're like in awe to, to look at them, but now you're flying over them. It's, uh, it's really, really cool. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got some other friends out in Portland too, that I've been meaning to go out and um, see at some point, but I think I can maybe talk them into like doing it you know, giving it a shot together. Um, yeah. So maybe... I mean, if you're ever in the Portland area uh, and I, and I have like the time off, like I would definitely take you, take you guys out to the uh, Cape Kiwanda is what the spot's called. And yeah, like I said, it's just a massive sand dune. So it's like the best spot to learn. Cause if, if you do get drug around, you're getting drug on the sand. Uh, yeah. And as, as long as the wind isn't too crazy, it's the best spot to learn. And that's, there's a couple of paragliding schools and that's where they essentially will take their new students out just to learn how to kite the wing. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, you can even get like little flights off the dune too. So, oh, cool. uh, and what's cool about this, the, the beach itself is you can actually drive your car out onto the beach, park at the base of the dune, and then, you know, fly all day, land next to your car, eat some food. <laughs> I would take my, I would take my dogs out. My dog would chase me on the dune. When she got tired, she'd just go back to the car on her own. Mm-hmm. um so it, it makes for a pretty a fun beach day for sure nice oh yeah. sounds awesome yeah sounds so cool all right got to put that on my list of like tasks goals yeah. to, to try and get at it <laughs> that's super cool um yeah. switching gears a little bit what is so these are gonna get real generic these questions are you ready okay. Okay, switching <laughs> gears uh what's your favorite thing about skydiving hit you with that one <laughs> um i would say like the I have friends in skydiving that I would never be friends with outside of skydiving. Oh yeah, <laughs> and not yep. to say like they're shitty people, but they're just like there's people from so many walks of life that skydive, and if it wasn't for skydiving, I wouldn't be friends with them. You know, like but the fact that it does bring just people from all walks of life that are all so unique and so different um, mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you can have, and it's just like the same with any sport is you'll have like the people that basically jumping is their life and they'll eat ramen every day to go jump, (laughs) but they're friends with like, you know, the doctors and Mm -hmm. these 
very wealthy individuals and they're all just together doing this crazy thing, throwing your body outside of a plane. So, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, no, I think, I think what strikes me as the most unusual about, about the type of relationships that you're you're making are not necessarily like the, um, like the, the generational differences that happen. I've got my closest friends are all within a six to 10 year gap of like, my age. I don't have a ton of friends that are, that were born the same year or within the same like few years as me. Like most of my really close friends in skydiving are considerably older, Mm -hmm. you know, than I am. So yeah, same for, same for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a, like when you say that, when you say that, that phrase about how like, these are people you would never be friends with. Like it, it literally, it really is like, these are people you would have never met without, without this, because you guys come from completely different generations, you know? And yeah, yeah, that's, that is a special thing (laughs) about skydiving. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like, like I said, my, the, the guy that essentially taught me how to free fly in the sky. Um, his name's Nelson Perez. Uh, awesome dude. And he just, he, he loves just teaching people. He did, uh, he lived in Rayford uh, for a while and did, I don't know how many hours, but did a bunch of time in that tunnel and then basically moved back to Florida. And that was a time when I got my A license. So um, we just, I would just do a bunch of jumps with him and he taught me how to sit fly and fly head down in the sky. And then, yeah, like if I, well, I guess, you know, he was a, fa- a family friend of ours. So without mm-hmm. skydiving, we already, I already knew him, but um, yeah, even here in Oregon, when I moved to Oregon, uh, there was this couple Pete and Betty that kind of took me under their wing and um I was flying head down at the time but you know it wasn't it was okay but they just <laughs> kind of scooped me up put me in their group and just kept kind of showing me the ways of like you know head down static flying doing points and stuff and so cool yeah cool sounds awesome um on the other end of that what's your least favorite thing about skydiving <laughs> least favorite <laughs> yeah um uh well I think this is probably somebody everybody's answer but the whole ego thing is pretty mm-hmm. can be pretty big um outside of that I I can't I really don't like people who shouldn't be giving advice give advice <laughs> I mean that's kind of also an ego thing I think I think that yeah. all ties into the same and and I'm not like I you know like I I've I've been in the sport for a couple decades, but like my jump numbers don't reflect that. So I'm, when I give advice, like I'm very particular with what I say, cause I don't know, you know, like I don't know everything and, you know, I sure I can, I can fly my body pretty well, especially, you know, working at the tunnel, but like, I don't think there's, there's certain people that they're the way they learn or the way they teach that's the way whereas for me like i have a certain way i like to coach people do i think it's the right way it some other people might think it's bad but you know it's just what worked for me so mm-hmm. um but like when when there's people that are just giving awful advice like i'm not i'm not big into confrontation so like i'll let them say what they have to say and then i can talk to the person individually but mm-hmm. um yeah that that's kind of a pet peeve of mine like just people that 
are giving advice that shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That goes into the whole ego thing too, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes too, it's like the blind leading the blind. Like you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. I mean, yeah. I guess that's a little bit ego stuff, but I think it's also a little, like it's a lack of awareness, you know, self-awareness, yeah. that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Um, oh, another huge pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is when you do a jump and let's say you have a plan for the jump, but the plan doesn't go according to what, what you were, were going to do. Mm-hmm. And then people land and they are like, oh, well, that was just shit. That sucked so much. And in my mind, I'm like, guys, we're still like doing a pretty fun thing. Like mm-hmm. I hated that feeling of like, in my mind, like, yeah, sure. We didn't do it, but I'm still trying to have fun up here. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I never liked when landing from a jump and, and somebody just being like super negative about it, unless it was like a complete, unless there was like something dangerous happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like a normal jump, we just didn't get through our whole plan and like, oh, it was just a shit show. And it's like, no, it wasn't shit show. We still had fun. Right. Like I, mm-hmm. it's still supposed to be fun. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's another, that's, that's probably that's, it then. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's okay yeah. if anything else pops up feel free to yeah. feel free to let loose um yeah. yeah like that's fair too like no one wants to be around a negative nancy you know or yeah. like debbie downer depending on what area of the country you come from right <laughs> um yeah it's yeah i can i can get behind that i think when i was younger too like i would get down on myself really bad if i knew like i had messed up or i wasn't performing at the same level as the people i was on the jump with you know yeah um so I, I can see it from that perspective, but you're right. Like it is really cool. It is like this awesome, super th- amazing thing that like a very small percentage of people get to experience. So right. like be happy that you're in one piece, be happy that you, you know, yeah, came back down and you landed and everyone's okay. Like now you get a chance to go give it another shot, you know? So I get that. Okay. That's all fair. I was very funny though, too. You're like, I don't know. And then oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I, there's just, there's been a couple, a number of jumps where like I was still having a good time. And then it was just like, no, it sucked. And I'm like, no, but we're still doing this thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I get so, it. I get that. Yeah. Energy, man. Energy vampires. That's what those, those are. Yeah. Energy uh, vampires. Colin Robinson's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy that you got that reference. Yes. Of course. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, that was uh, what we do in the shadows, the TV reference or the TV show reference. Go watch it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's right. great. I'm happy you got that. That's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, switching gears. If you could go anywhere in the world to skydive, where would it be? Ooh. Um... I'd really, it'd be really fun to go some, you know, New Zealand or I haven't done any jumps in, in Hawaii. That'd be kind of, that'd be neat. Just being in the islands, probably the, the coolest place I have jumped was at Emporia Brava in Spain. Um, that was a really fun drop zone. And that was before I worked at the tunnel too. So what was cool about that drop zone is I just kind of showed up and they, I was just asking people if I could kind of join, jump on, you know, neither kind of asking what my skill set was and ended up getting to do a jump with one of like the the original uh babylon free fly guys i'm so Uh, jealous yeah and and i didn't i didn't know it at the time but then i kind of like looked up his name later i'm like oh that's i've been watching this these guys videos and so um oh my god but yeah i'd say probably like it'd be cool to jump you know new zealand or 
somewhere with just oh or or uh norway like yeah. skydive skydive voss seems to have some mm -hmm. pretty epic uh scenery like jumping next to like a whole mountain range you yeah. know yeah down into the valley would be that's, cool that's the one that pops up for me like instantly yeah. if you if anybody asks them like mountains voss norway yeah, like yeah, <laughs> send it yeah yeah that'd be that'd probably be it too because then you can like get a little proximity flying with your parachute as uh -huh. well as a, a skydive so yeah that'd be uh -huh. fun i've also i mean i've had a i think i had i didn't have i think there were a couple of people from out this way who did the blue hole in belize yeah that'd be cool and that that's pretty cool um i hear like i don't know how this works but and i i wish Maybe I should get someone on to talk about that, about how the whole process worked. Um, but like, you don't have to use your gear, I guess. Oh, see, that's my whole thing. Cause I'm still jumping my original rig, <laughs> my first rig I've ever bought. And yeah. I'm just like, the last thing I'd want to do is jump that into salt water. Yeah. So the way I understood it was that if you got enough, like if you got a hold of the guy who orchestrated the whole thing like far enough in advance like yeah you could use his gear or rent gear from him that he uses nice. for those types of uh events so yeah maybe that's still a maybe that's still a thing i think they went a few years ago the people who went from out here so i should probably nice. get them on here someday to talk about that yeah those jumps look pretty epic right yeah yeah Ooh, all right cool well that's cool those are some pretty cool places. I hope you, uh, I hope you get a chance to sometime in the future to go, yeah. to go visit those places, go, go rock a jump there. Um, in the whole of skydiving, the whole of tunnel flying, like all of the things, what is your favorite discipline? What do you like to do the most? Uh, well, for the tunnel, it's four, four way dynamic. Um, that I had probably it's for, for me, it was, so much fun flying as fast as you could with three <laughs> other people and trusting that they knew what they were doing too because if somebody makes a wrong turn you're going to be smashing into each other mm -hmm. um and so like i really like dynamic flying in the tunnel as well as like doing that style of flying in the sky because in the sky you have no wall no boundaries mm -hmm. so having like a really fun dynamic routine in the sky is just even more epic because it's infinite like the amount of space you have um but uh, as far as in the tunnel would definitely be uh for, for flying four-way dynamic okay um yeah we're, we're gonna get into that later <laughs> <laughs> there's there's something a little farther down on the topic list that i have here like nice. <laughs> that talks specifically about that so cool yeah. awesome very neat um you ready for the random wolfo question of the day uh, sure. I hope I can answer it. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I listened to when Megan was on and some of the questions I'm like, I don't know what that is. Am I a woofo? <laughs> oh, so, random woofo question of the day. All right. Nice. What is the craziest jump you've ever been a part of? Uh, the craziest? This is the one all tandems or tandems ask me while we're under canopy. Like, what's the gnarliest thing that's ever happened to you? I'm like, bro. <laughs> We don't have time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, like, I guess, create. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I guess we we recently did a, a Washington head down record, so it was. Oh, that's cool. Thirty nine people holding nice. hands in the shape Ugh. of a a massive dong. Oh, which that's was neat. fun. Yeah, <laughs> I was like I was part of the right testy. 
Uh, <laughs> okay. So it was intentional. It was, it was an yeah, intentional. yeah, yeah. They intentionally made a big dong in the sky. <laughs> I'm going to use that as like one of the photos for when we drop this uh, this episode. Okay. Uh, <laughs> where, wherever that photo is, you should send it to me so that I can use this, use it uh, as uh, <laughs> one of your yeah, promo photos. I can do that for sure. Cool, cool. cool. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't really like crazy because it was all everybody that was on that jump was qualified to be on that jump. But it was like, you know, the biggest head down jump I've done. So I guess mm -hmm. that if you consider that crazy, I don't know. Two plane shot, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So I mean, and then you got to make genitalia in the sky. So that's yeah. Great. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> that's fair. That's a fair, fair point, sir. Fair point. Uh, so obnoxious, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was that? Was that like the plan from the get-go or they just decide that? Um, I think so. The organizer, uh, it's this guy, uh, a jumper up at Kapowson, Raj, really awesome dude. I don't know if they were, if they originally were going to do that or if that was just something that they're like, maybe let's train, I, I think. If I remember correctly, I don't think that was the plan from the beginning. It was a, it was a shape that could be mm -hmm. dong shape, but <laughs> I think we had to, uh, since they had to change planes, so we couldn't have a, a, the same amount of people. So then they just changed it to where it was just a legit dong. <laughs> but I could be, I could be wrong. They could have planned it from the get-go to be a big, big old dong in the sky. But for, okay. for whatever reason, I think that they... It's something that kind of happened throughout the weekend. But yeah. I could right. be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, it could have, it's like totally feasible to have gone either way on that one. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> depend, depending on who organized it. Like, yeah. I could, could have been either, <laughs> could have been either end there. All yeah. right. That's it. That's a fun story. I like that. Um, <laughs> can you, uh, we're going to switch gears here. Uh, can you talk about what your progression was like from skydiving to the tunnel? Like, how did uh, that transition happen? For for me, it was kind of tricky. So like it, I was, because I, I was flying head down in the sky. And so basically, as soon as I got head down in the sky, that's like all I did. Uh, I would, people would take me on belly jumps. And since all I was doing was head down, I like completely forgot how to exit in a belly formation or in a belly jump. So <laughs> I would exit with people and immediately turn it into a head down jump and be like, what's, why are we? Oh, right. We're not doing that. Like, oh, I have to. <laughs> right. I have to arch. Okay. So like, yep. I, I was that, that guy. Um, but the transition between the sky and the tunnel was, it was a little hard just cause I was used to having so much space in the sky. So mm -hmm. it was kind of like the typical thing where, you know, you hear people say like, Hey, when I fly hires new instructors, I think they actually prefer you not to be a skydiver because mm -hmm. if you have bad habits, you kind of have to break down those habits and then start, start again. So that mm -hmm. was kind of the case for me. Um, I think before I ever worked in the tunnel, I had maybe a total of, uh, an hour, uh, mm -hmm. in a tunnel. Um, and what's funny is probably half of that, half of that was at Rayford. And this was before, like they had the IBA and all yeah. that stuff. So they were like, all right, cool. You can barely back fly. Let's start sit flying. And then they're like, all right, you can barely sit fly. You're ready for front flip to head down transitions. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I still, I still have those videos of doing that, but like thinking about that, like doing that now with how everything is in the whole tunnel industry, it's just like, 
that's crazy. <laughs> Ooh, how times have changed. Oh, how times yeah. have changed. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. You know. Um, so so uh to, to elaborate a little bit more, like at what point did you decide to switch to the tunnel? Like like make it a make it an employee, like oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um before working at the tunnel, I worked in consumer lending. So it was I mean, as far as learning about lending, it was a really good experience, but it was a little bit soul sucking. Um, okay. <laughs> so my my whole my whole mantra, because it, it had been rumored that they were going to build a tunnel in Portland for like five years before they built it. Like basically, as soon as I fly Seattle opened, they're like Portland's next. And in in my mind, I'm like, cool. As soon as that place opens, I'm going to get a job there. Because um, one of my good friends, uh, Jordan Lamock, he worked at Sky Ooh. Venture. You know, Love Jordan. You know, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. he worked at uh, Sky Venture Colorado, and they used to do like the boogie tour. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's when I met him in 2011, when they were him and uh, Nate Roth, I think, yep. were doing the boogie tour. Um, and so we became good friends. He ended up moving to Portland. Him, uh, him and his girlfriend at the time moved to Portland. So he was always like my uh, kind of like my my foot in because at the time too, it was like, you had to pay to become a tunnel instructor. And that changed in 2015. I don't know when it actually changed, but I know iFly built like a ridiculous amount of tunnels in one year. So like they couldn't, you can't be charging people to, you know. Um, but yeah, Jordan basically uh, hooked me up with uh, Rusty Lewis. So I had like a phone, uh, phone conversation with Rusty um, and then just kind of got hooked up with the right people. Uh, so as soon as the Portland tunnel did open, um, I started FITP in Seattle. And then once Portland was fully open, came down to Portland. So yeah, it was, it was always like something I wanted to do. Uh, it just took a lot longer than expected. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was also like, I started this. So I started, this was eight years ago. So I just right around 30. So for me, it was like, all right, if I don't do this now, then it's going to be a lot harder for me to do it later in my life, mm -hmm. um, financially and just like physically too. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty physical, but like financially was a big thing. Cause like I, I essentially took more than half a pay cut to become an instructor. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Michelle was like, I wasn't happy at my other job and she just, you know, she's awesome. She wanted me to be happy. So she's like, we're financially, we're good. Like we can make this work. So mm -hmm. the first, as far as like, what I made the first few years was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But then once, you know, you, once you get your, your ratings and your coaching clientele, then it's actually, it can be really profitable. So, mm -hmm. and it's super fun. So cool. 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 All right. Sounds neat. Um, yeah. what makes you keep going at it these days? Like we've, we've kind of touched a little bit on it and we're not going to get super far into it, but like everybody and their mother knows that like, the tunnel game right now is kind of up yeah. in the air. Like, yeah. you know, things are really changing and things are really frustrating for a lot of people. So I'm curious, like what makes you keep going at it? What makes you passionate about it? Why do you um, stay? I mean, I just, I love flying and I love teaching people how to, how to get better uh, with their flying. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, when it comes down to it, even with, everything that goes along with working for iFly, the job itself for me is still extremely fulfilling. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm sticking with it. 
Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, for as long as I, I can, I guess. Because yeah. um, it, it's financially, it's still paying the bills. I'm still having a good time doing it. Um, especially last year, they sent me on a couple of those trainer trips. Minneapolis is one. Then they sent me to mm -hmm. Cincinnati. And going, being able to explore different tunnels and meet new teams was so much fun. Um, mm -hmm. I got to do some skydiving in Cincinnati as well, which uh, at Start Skydiving, which is an awesome, awesome spot. But I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's just being able to, it's, what's cool about the tunnel is uh, being able to teach kids as well as like people in their seventies, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, whereas skydiving, it's uh, for new skydivers, I'd say more in like the 20 to 30, I mean, 40, 50 range, but you know, mm -hmm. there's no, you're not, you can't teach kids how to skydive uh, and you're not going to have like, usually you're not going to have grandparents that are going to want to learn how to skydive, but in the, in the Portland tunnel, like we legit have people in their seventies that are return flyers and as well as obviously kids and everything. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just, yeah, just being able to fly and, and being able to teach people how to get better and, and seeing all these like silly drills that I've, I mean, I've taken from, from myself getting coached, but also like, I'll just throw something out there and I'm like, Oh, it works. So like, <laughs> you know, finding these little things that didn't really think of seeing them work is, is really cool. Uh -huh. so, cool. Yeah. That's what's that's kind of like, keeping me. It's like the purest form too. Like the purest yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So cool. 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 All right. Um, we are going to deviate into left field here. We're going to talk about competition stuff. Cool. Ready? Okay. Um, so let's talk about your history a little bit, your competition history. I know it's kind of extensive. So if you would give me like a brief overview. Well, so it's for me personally, I, th I think I've only done four competitions. I mean, um, okay. I guess, I guess that, yeah. All right. All right. I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but the, t the team I was on the four-way team I was on, I was always their alternate. So oh, they, okay. they started, um, I think in 2017, and then whenever they were training, I was always training with them as their alternate. Okay. And then in 2018, uh, one of them, Timmy Hunkler, he stopped flying, um, stopped working for iFly. So I kind of jumped in. And then the first time competing in four-way was in 2018. And then that was at uh, Nationals in Virginia Beach. And then we were able to get, that secured our spot for the world championship that was in France in 2019. So as far as like big competitions, uh, it was, I guess I've done two nationals and then that the world championship. Um, but yeah, all, all four way. And then uh, for nationals, I've done a couple player coach teams with some of the kids that I coach. Okay, cool. So, uh, what team was that? If you don't mind me asking. As they're called Pran uh, Pranavayu. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> uh, to, to put it lightly, kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, they were fun. If you, if anyone is really interested in, in uh, dynamic four way, like go watch videos. Cause it's pretty insane. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was one, one thing about it. Like uh, for nationals, they only had speed rounds. So mm -hmm. that's where, as far as dynamic goes, there's speed rounds and then there's, there's the routine, but mm -hmm. at nationals, they only had speed rounds. So it's a set path. Each team flies the same path, whichever team flies at the fastest wins. Okay. So it's, it's a little bit, as far as like rules, it's like, I mean, if you don't know what you're looking at, it just looks like a bunch of people flying around really fast, yeah. but 
um, I was actually not looking forward to learning uh, the routine because for France, we had to have a routine. And when I was thinking about doing a four-way routine, I'm like, I don't want that. Let's, why can't we just do speed rounds? <laughs> but doing the routine was actually the funnest part of the whole, that whole thing, like building a routine with three other people. And then uh, we actually didn't have a song for it until like three days before the competition. Um, but yeah, I'd say the, the routine, that's like the more artistic portion of the, of the mm -hmm. competition. So uh, it was just funny how, when I first started competing, thinking of the routine as this like awful thing, like I don't want to do it, but then it being the funnest part of it, you know? <laughs> so. Um, what year was that? Cause I'm going to go back and look and see if I can find the video online somewhere. The, the, war, um, the world uh, championship. Was, yeah. So it was 2019 okay. and it was, uh, I think you can find videos if you look up, uh, W I S K world indoor skydiving championship. Okay. Um, 2019 and it was at uh i think the, the tunnel is called wimby okay w-e-e-m-b-i um, okay which was cool because that that tunnel that particular tunnel was a 17 foot wide tunnel mm -hmm. so we did all our training in the portland tunnel which is 14 um we just you know we were, that's what we were used to but then going into a 17 foot it just made it so much more fun with the routine because there was a couple yeah. times where i had there was a bunch of blind moves and one of my teammates, Dave Retz, it's like this big, big dude. Uh, there's a couple of times where he's like, dude, my knee was like this close away from the back of your head. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't thinking about that. Why did you tell me that? Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm thinking about that. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, having the bigger tunnel made it, made it nice. And then that's what was crazy is we did a bunch of training time before the competition. And then coming back to the Portland tunnel, and just like being like, I can't believe we did this routine in a 14 footer when after getting used to the 17 footer. Okay. So. All right. Wow. Okay. I was excited to talk about that and I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you like talked about it in our, our prep like emails because yeah. uh, I was like, I hope I can bring this up and we can talk about it because it's pretty well, exciting. Yeah. And it, it was honestly like, it's the funnest thing. Like it just for, for like, as far as skydiving goes, this sounds stupid. Um, and, I'm, and I, I know a lot of people have kind of made this reference, but for me, it's like forced meditation, like forced being in the moment. Um, and it's the same with, um, with four-way, like you have to only be in that moment because there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and then just getting into this like state of mind with three other people where you, there's a hundred percent trust between the, th the four of you and you're just like all going balls to the wall as fast as you can. It's so fun. It's so fun. So it sounds intense too, man. Yeah. I wish, God, I wish I was like, I had gotten into this game or I'd had the ability to get into the tunnel like five years earlier than I did because I really wish I would have had the chance to like throw, like try and get, get, you know, to that, that stage a lot earlier in life, but well, and we, we got really lucky. Uh, so like our team, team lead, uh, Jeff Dimmick, um, he, he basically put a ton of work in to, to get iFly to sponsor us. I think we were like the only adult team that iFly ever sponsored other than like, I know they, 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 there's like some, um, a couple of Red Bull athletes that they sponsored, but because now they're only sponsoring kids. So mm -hmm. at, if for 2019, we were the only adult team that they sponsored. Uh, and it took them a long time 
for them to give us like, okay, yeah, you guys are sponsored. Here's some training time. So they basically, it was up until I think a month before the actual competition where they're like, all right, you guys are sponsored. Here's 60 hours. So we flew 60 hours of time in one month, like two hours, two hours a day, which, uh, and it was one of those things where like, we got this time we have to fly. Yeah. So, but it got to the point where you couldn't even, you couldn't even watch the videos. You couldn't even brief the videos. So it was super helpful, but just with how short of an amount of time we had to fly it, it, it wasn't, it it could have been, if, if we had given, given that time three months, like we would have been able to get so much more out of it. But then it was also like, iFly gave us this time. We have one month to fly it. You better believe that we're going to fly that. that Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So no strings attached to that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. and it was also, um, so at the time, three of us were employees. Uh, so we could use our staff time before, before we got sponsored, we were using staff time because that's when we could share it with, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're using our staff time to fly. Um, and now it's just, especially for four-way, unless you guys are all working for iFly, it's super difficult. Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel fortunate that we were able to do what we did you know, when we did it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to probably end up watching a bunch of videos tonight, to be honest. (laughs) And I'm probably (laughs) going, I'm probably going to link, um, that world championship video in in the show notes too, as well, for anybody that wants to see it. Um, I think I've seen it at one point, I think like when Cole visited, uh, in the summer of 2021, I think, um, I was still working there and he, he showed us some videos of like his time on the team yeah. too as well. And that's and- when, cause when Cole was, uh, cause I was only with them on the team for the, like that last year. Mm-hmm. And so the, the routine that we made, uh, it, it was more like flowy and dynamic because the routines that Cole made when it was, uh, Timmy, Jeff, uh, Retz and himself, they basically, they had this awesome style of, uh, including like, vfs and like touching mm-hmm. each other um that sounds weird but <laughs> <laughs> but basically like the european style was like oh all dynamic all flowy no touching and what was cool with the routines that they put together is they were doing things that you know you never really saw on a four-way dynamic team mm-hmm. um and so the routine that we built since we were competing in france we're like all right we want to build something that's going to go with their taste of what they think dynamic is because it's all subjective uh the judging is for routines uh especially like i uh one of the kids that i've been coaching for a long time um she competed in freestyle a lot and yeah just like you can never get the same answer from a freestyle judge Mm -hmm. um so yeah we basically the routine that we did for 2019 was like all right we're not touching it's very flowy it's very dynamic um but then we saw at that competition, we saw there were other teams, other European teams that did have some moves where they're like docking on each other and stuff. And mm-hmm. they're like, God. <laughs> <laughs> so you can never, you know, it's not one thing, it's another. But yeah, I, I was super happy with how how the routine that we put together uh, came out. But it was it wasn't like the routines that they had done before that were, I think, completely unique as far as four way dynamic routines go. Mm hmm. So, but I was happy with what we put together for sure. Ooh, I can't wait to go watch it. I've probably seen it. Cause I think 
me and Megan and a couple other instructors did like a full on deep dive into that team <laughs> after Cole showed up. So yeah. like we were sending each other videos like every night for like a week. Um, so I've probably seen it, but it would still be really cool to go back and watch it again. And, and everybody that's listening, you should absolutely go give it a give it a shot because like that's like the best of the best. And you guys, that's what you should aspire <laughs> to, yeah. to do someday. Um, crazy, was, crazy, intense level of flying. And it was just funny, too, because like this, I think the song uh, when it comes to routines, like having a good song could definitely make or break it. Um and some people build their routine around a song. Uh, we built our routine and we're like, we had some ideas of what song we wanted to use. Um, but it was literally like, I think three days before the competition, uh, Cole was on his computer. We hadn't actually chosen a song yet, but we, had, we were getting to the point where we had to send our music in. And Cole's just sitting on his computer, watching the routine, listening to different songs. And he's like, when we, I think originally we were going to going to do a Jimi Hendrix song, and we we're all kind of like, yeah, you know, it it goes with it, but it, you know, obviously <laughs> we didn't build the routine around it. Um, but then Cole found this one song, and he's like, oh, this is this is it. This is the song we have to use, and it just it went really well uh, with it. And it was, uh, yeah, like for, for me, if you're building a routine around a song, you want to be able to hear that yeah. while you're flying, and it just mm -hmm. seemed like too much for me to to be able to handle um so the fact that we kind of found the song after was pretty cool it's kind of unique too yeah, yeah yeah um that's how i edit videos too like that's kind of i think for a lot of people too as well as like they they pick a song they like they pick a song or they pick a few songs and then they edit around those songs. Um, and you're right. Like, like the music that you choose can either make or break like the total vibe of whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So yeah, that's cool. Do you have any goals for yourself uh, in terms of moving forward, like with competition or, or your competition days behind um, you? Yeah, it's just, it's as far as competition goes, I, I mean, I would love to compete again, especially in four way. It's just, the people who want to compete in four-way with, it's going to be really hard. Like I, I want to compete with the same guys. So like Cole, obviously he still works for iFly, uh, but Retz, I think Retz is actually working in Colorado Springs, but Jeff, um, not an iFly employee. So it, it'd be to do four-way again would be kind of tricky. Um, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't mind doing another like player coach team. I've done that a few times uh, with a couple of kids that I coach. Um, but it's just, it's another, it's just another game now, um, as far as like what competitions are, like you go over to Europe and they look at tunnel flying as a legit sport. And, um, there, a lot of, a lot of those countries give their, uh, athletes the, <laughs> su the support they need to be able to like look to be able to do what they can do whereas mm -hmm. in here in the u.s like i mean more people know about you know competitive dodgeball than they do with tunnel flying so <laughs> what a weird comparison but yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it's 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 just it, that we don't have the mentality here of it being like a legit sport and it seems like the past couple years the uh, the competitions have been kind of like thrown together last minute. I didn't go to this last one that was in Colorado Springs. I, I wish I would have, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, a national competition, like you have to compete at a national competition to be able to compete on the world stage. So, uh, it's just, it, 
it's just the way things are looked at, the way the sport in general is looked at in Europe compared to the US is very different. And so it makes it a little bit harder uh, to get motivated again to like compete in the US just because there's just not that, you know. Yeah whatever the word yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I understand. Yeah. But um, I mean, the competitions I went to were so fun, especially uh, when we went to France, it was just so cool. Like meeting all these flyers that, you know, I've kind of geeked out on Instagram and then they're right there. And then especially when they're complimenting on like the routine you guys built and it's just like, oh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> cool. Well, I mean, I hope I see you guys some, somewhere on the circuit, like the competition circuit somewhere in the future, like for yeah. whatever reason or however it happens, like I hope you guys it, get there. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun for sure. Yeah. Um, someday I'll get there. Someday I'll get an opportunity <laughs> to practice. That's I don't I don't care how it happens or what I have to do. Like I just want to go at least once, you know, yeah. just to see what it was like and then yeah. move on from there, you know. Yeah. Um what's funny, so the thing that's so funny about tunnel competitions is uh you spend hours and hours and hours and hours training, and then especially with dynamic, there's like six rounds of speed and two rounds of uh, free routine and like a free routine's a minute and a half speed rounds are anywhere from a minute to a minute 15 depending mm -hmm. on what pages you're doing so it's like you do you spend all this time prepping and then the competition itself the amount of time you're actually in the tunnel is like so little and then you're done with the competition you're just like oh that's okay that's it all right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to do a four-way dynamic team. Um, I think we're better set up and just like the things in life right now, you know, like what, what's achievable and what my resources are and reasonable expectations. Like I think VFS or MFS, you know, outdoor MFS, like yeah, that is yeah. much more achievable goal right now. Um, I just want to like my, my end goal was always to compete in some way, in some form. Yeah. Um, and however that ends up going, like, that's what I would like to do. Uh, just to say I did it, you know, just to say I tried it and I, I pushed yeah. myself. If it, if it blossoms after that and it turns into something really serious and really real, like by all means, like go full tilt. But, um, I I've done so many things in skydiving that it's like, it just seems like the natural evolution to go do that as the next step. Um, it's just a matter of like figuring out <laughs> what the parameters are of like how you can make it happen or yeah, so many, so many different life things are changing. So it's like, yeah, know, and, but and grow, growing up, I was never very competitive. And I, if you would have told me when I first got into the tunnel game that I'd be competing, I'd have been like, nah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, just cause yeah, like I, I just have never been very competitive person, um, mm -hmm. like actual, like with sports, you know? Um, yeah. but now that I've done it, like, yeah, it's, it's so fun. And just like the energy you get, uh, at competitions are, it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. So cool. I'm very happy that I, I did end up competing in it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, what kind of advice do you have for anyone that's looking to become a tunnel instructor these days? Um, these days. So yeah. ho hopefully, hopefully <laughs> have a, a bunch of money saved. Uh, cause that was, I mean, even, even when I got into the game, um, you know, I, I had, I still had, to, I had a bunch of savings just cause yeah, I took more than a half a pay cut. So, 
yeah, being able to have, you know, a pad, I guess, because you're going to get paid very little. Um, but uh, just trying to stay positive, like, that's kind of what's keeping me with, with iFly, because I've seen so many changes since I've been with them. And this is like, you know, the things are constantly changing. They're constantly taking things away, putting things back. So what it comes down to is like, it's a corporate company. So just like any other corporate company, you have to deal with what comes along with that. But if you really love what you're doing and just realize what you're actually doing, like you're just in this tube with people floating around you, it's incredible. <laughs> um, so trying to stay positive with that, uh, is, is definitely something that you needed that I kind of need to keep telling myself too, because, mm -hmm. you know, it is a very unique thing we're doing. And, you know, there are those, all the stuff that you have to deal with, but um, yeah, staying positive. Uh, this is, this is going to be kind of hypocritical, but always, <laughs> always uh, continuing to progress in the sport. So like, mm -hmm. I haven't, I haven't flown much staff time lately. Um, so as far as my personal progression, I've kind of like stayed at this level. Uh, and, you know, like, just like with any, with any, anybody, there's always, you're going to be your own worst, uh, worst critic, right? Like I'll see mm -hmm. myself fly and I'm like, oh, it's awful. I need to work on that. But like somebody <laughs> else, somebody else sees it and they're like, oh my God, that's incredible. You know? So, but like continuing your progression, keep continuing to train. Um, and yeah, just stay positive. Because uh, when I first became an instructor, it was when the Seattle tunnel went from being a franchise to a corporately owned tunnel. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the instructors that worked for Seattle when it was a franchise and then saw the changes that came by it becoming corporate, they were all not about it. And for me, I'm like this brand new instructor, like, guys, this is great. I just came from consumer lending. This is consumer lending is awful. This is great. <laughs> So that, that was, they were great instructors. They were awesome people, but that was a little, uh, I still have that feeling of like, oh man, that kind of sucks. So like, I never want to give that feeling to a new instructor mm -hmm. being, you know, like an eight year vet now in, yeah. in the industry. Um, Cause it is still like, I still think it's such an incredible thing that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, okay. If you had one piece of advice for yourself back when you were beginning any of these sports, like any of this, like skydiving, flying, all that stuff. Like if you had one piece of advice for yourself way back when, what would it be? What would you like to tell yourself if you could? Uh, I guess I I've always been really hard on myself. So this goes into like, you know, having those jumps where everything didn't go as planned. Mm -hmm. uh, and then somebody is like, being a real downer about it but mm -hmm. um yeah just not being so hard on myself and like just getting stuck in these mental um just circles of you know like I'm I suck like I'm an idiot why did I do yeah. that and then it's just like there's no point in dwelling on it but um and it wasn't because I had any like close calls or anything I just yeah, I would just, I kind of would have a tendency of just kind of going in this loop in my head. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just not being too hard on myself about what I'm doing and 
still having a good time with it. And that's what, that's why like when I am on those jumps and that does happen, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get into that loop. I'm going to try and keep, keep the positivity going. Mm -hmm. So. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, I feel like a lot of people are also of a similar persuasion with that where they get really wrapped up in their own heads or they get down on themselves really hard and yeah, you get enough time or enough, um, you get, you mature enough in the sport, you know, and then you look back and you're like, man, like if I could just be like, Hey, don't take it so hard. Like, just yeah, exactly. be, be nice to yourself. Like it'll yeah. come, it'll get better. Promise. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, last little thing here. Do you want to play a game? Sure. You ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is 20 questions. Are you ready? Oh man. All okay, right. Here, here are the parameters. Here are the parameters. You have 20 questions. I will keep count over here in my little booklet, my little podcast booklet here. Um, I will keep track of those questions. Um, I am going to be, I will set it up and make it easy for you. I am something at the tunnel. Okay. I, I am, let me see. Uh, I suppose that you could probably find me on a drop zone, but uh, primarily at the tunnel. Like, okay. That's the only clue you're going to get to begin with. Uh, if we get to uh, question number 10 and you want another another clue after that, we can totally give it give you a, another, uh, another clue. So okay? I'm, I'm something at the tunnel and I have to figure out what that something is. Yep. Yep. Okay. So it's like 20 questions. It is not in or like it's not an organic being. It's not something that's okay. alive. It's a, it's an inanimate object at the tunnel that you would find at the tunnel. Oh, that you'd find at the tunnel. Okay. Yep. Uh, it could be anything. Anything. Are you are you <laughs> used to control wind speed? No. Uh, do you move the air? No. <laughs> um, do you protect pe- people's eyeballs? No. <laughs> These are very specific questions. I like. This. I know. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to think like a more broad one. Yeah um i'll cut out all the extra okay okay. (laughs) and everything like we'll make it sound way better than it (laughs) yeah yeah let's see something at the tunnel are are you used for flying yeah do you help somebody fly not necessarily no i'm not used to like make let me clarify that i i do not make things more efficient do not make things more efficient yeah i don't really help you get good at anything okay uh are you used during high flights this is a misleading question though like if i say yes to this it's going to mislead you a little bit um yes yes i am present on high flights yes I am present on high flights. You're up to five. That's five questions. That's five questions. Mm-hmm. Do you have to be used to be in the tunnel? Yes. Uh, are you a suit? No. Are you a handle? No. <laughs> <laughs> um This is tricky. <laughs> Do you have to be used when the tunnel is on? Uh, if you're flying, yes. If you're flying, yes. Are you a piece of protective equipment? Yes. Are you a helmet? No. 
earplugs. Are you yeah! earplugs? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Not, good job. That was on yes. number 12. You got it on 12. Good job. All right. All right. Uh, cool. <laughs> some of those questions, I'm like, if I say yes to this without any kind of prefacing, like he's going to go in a totally different direction. <laughs> like, <clears throat> nice job. That was faster than most. Good job. All right. Good job. You got it on number 12. Red. Cool. Good for you, dude. If yeah. you want to, you can play vice versa. This is like one of those games that I hope people like when they're driving in the car or like they were listening to it at home, they're like, what could it fucking possibly be where they're playing along? Like, okay, I was thinking it was a know? handle. It was like yeah. the suit handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to, we can play another round and I'll try and guess yours. It's totally up to you though. Okay. Let me think. Yeah. So same, time. same premise of. It could be, you could do at the drop zone. You could do at the drop zone or you could do at the tunnel. It's up to you. Or if you wanted to make it really hard, it could be both. Mm. I made I made Josh Evans do one that could be both when he was on the show. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You it, it, this is something for both. Okay, it could be found at both drop or both places. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um let's see. So the trick to this is is like the first five questions have to be kind of broad spectrum questions. Like yeah, I went, you're eliminating I, I a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went direct. <laughs> yep. Am I a piece of gear? Yes. Okay. All right. That eliminates a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Um, am I made of fabric? No. Okay. Are you keeping count? I'm yeah. Keeping count. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Am I made of a, am I an electronic? Yes. Okay. And I can be found at both, huh? Do I go inside a helmet? No. Okay. Do people wear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And at the drop zone and at. Okay. So I'm an electronic. People can wear me. I, I take that like, yeah, as more of a, sometimes. <laughs> um, am, I an, am I an altimeter? No. Okay. Because I was thinking like, people don't wear them in there, but you can change the setting on the, <laughs> on yeah, the display yeah. to be an altimeter. Okay. Yeah. So I'm an electronic, not made of fabric. I don't go inside a helmet. People can wear me. What electronics do people wear? And I'm also at the tunnel. Huh? Am I used in the wind at the tunnel? No. Okay. So you could just find me at the at the tunnel. Yeah. Am I typically used on every skydive? Depends. <laughs> I could be. Okay. It could be, yeah. Okay. I am a piece of gear though. Yeah. But I'm also used to, and sometimes people wear me. It's not, it can't be an AAD. Nope. Why would that be at the tunnel? <laughs> why, would, why would an AAD? I mean, unless you bring your rig, like that's, but that's like a, that's a cheat if that's the. Right. Um, can't be an AAD. So you're okay. at 10 now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try to go for like another five and then maybe get a hint. Okay. Um, see here not an ad not an not in your helmet 
So it's not an audible. It's not an altimeter. Not okay. This is a hard one. Wow. All right, I'm gonna scrap it. I need a hint right now. <laughs> so in the sky, it's on the person. In the tunnel, it's not. I know what it is. My GoPro, my camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks. That was a, that made it obvious. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in some instances, back in the old days, though, you could wear cameras in the helmet if you were good enough at it. Yeah. So I was Not actually... Anymore. When I was getting my co-training at Paris uh, early last year, uh, I got to fly in the Paris tunnel mm -hmm. uh, with a camera, which is pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Just because the, that... vis the visuals in there were pretty wild. So different, right? Um, yeah. I worked at Paris for a little while and part of their AFF uh, instructor or AFF um, program uh was that you had to take the students over for like two minutes in the tunnel before they went okay. and jumped and that was nuts like not knowing anything about the tunnel and only have ever flown myself like being in there and trying to coach coach students now yeah. i imagine those instructors that were just holding the students were like what is this bitch doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah now knowing what i know but that's right. trippy like that's a that's a crazy tunnel is it um yeah. Is it possible to fly static in it these days now that it had the engine overhaul on it? Or is it still kind of? I had to fly in a baggy suit. Okay. So I had to use one of their, one of their tunnel suits. And, but also they had, they have restrictions on how much power they can use. Oh. So every, every third flight or every uh. third time we were in there, they had to turn the power all the way down. We had to sit yeah. for 15 minutes. Oh my before God. We could, <laughs> before we could get it going again. Um, but apparently when they have military contracts, they basically just run that thing because since the military contract is, is paying a ridiculous amount of money anyway, mm -hmm. uh, they'll just keep it running. And that's when, you know, they try and get as many flyers in there as they can, That's but fair. without military contracts, they're like, no, we got to follow these, follow huh. these guidelines. That's nuts. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it made a 15 minute block last a really long time <laughs> yeah holy crap oh my god so. it was like a 45 minute to an hour long block that's nuts i don't know yeah, how they get for... anything done there yeah so it was just cool flying it because that was actually the the first tunnel i ever flew at was the orlando one which was that same design that old school uh you know design so uh it was it was cool flying in that one with the skills that i have now Mm -hmm. Because yeah, the first time I flew in a tunnel in Orlando, it was typical skydiver stuff. The instructor's like, all right, come on in. I jump in, my feet clip the door. I stand up against the wall. I fall, I get down on the instructor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so being able to fly in that model with like actual skills was kind of fun. So yeah, I think yeah. Orlando was the first tunnel I ever uh, flew in. The old oh, one. Nice. The old, yeah, yeah. old school one. Yep. Same, same here. Yeah. It was Orlando, Orlando and Rayford were the two tunnels. Mm -hmm. that I flew at before working in a tunnel. Mm -hmm. I remember to the, the guy I flew with, he had just gotten his L3. And I remember not understanding what the fuck I was supposed to be doing. Like, 
because we were working on sit flying stuff like it was again back in the old days like oh yeah working on sit flying after i had done a little bit of back flying and a little bit of belly flying and like just not understanding why i was sitting on the net and like not being able to read his lips at all and being like ah, yeah like i don't know what's going on so yeah and that and that's like that was one thing is there's most of the time i had in a tunnel i had good coaches mm-hmm. but there was one time i had a bad coach and the feeling i got from paying the amount of money i was to have this coach like basically look at me like i was an idiot and like everything i was doing wrong was my fault and like granted it was but as the coach you want to yeah. like keep it positive so that's one of the things that i that i always have in my mind when i'm coaching somebody like i never want them to feel shitty about mm-hmm. the money that they're spending yeah. uh, based on my actions mm-hmm. they might feel shitty because they aren't able to get a certain move but i'm doing everything i can as the coach to to bring out a positive light in it mm-hmm. even though we weren't able to accomplish like all the stuff that they wanted to because yeah the i, I mean I, to this day i still remember this session i had with this one coach and it just like sucking so much like being so pissed because <laughs> You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm that's why I'm paying this person for for coaching. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get um, it. Yeah, I never, I never want people to walk away a session with me with that feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not a good one. <laughs> All right, well, dude, I just want to wrap this whole thing up by letting you know how awesome it's been to have you on the show. Like, for you to donate your time and for you to like come and say yes to this, like, oh, of course, it's very nice of you. And I know, I don't know if you've ever done anything like this before, but I imagine it can kind of be pretty weird, (laughs) (laughs) like being asked to do something like this out of nowhere. Um, so I appreciate it. Like nice. Well, and it just goes into like the experience I had with you guys when I was out there, like, um, it's just cool. Like I have this memory when we were drinking boba tea. Yeah. With with Brad (laughs) and like, you know, I had just, I had just met you. I just met you guys basically, but it, with that trip, the, the people that I met, Megan, Paul, yeah. uh, Adam, all those guys, like I met all these people that I'd only just recently met, but felt like we'd known each other for so much longer. Yeah. So I just love, I love having experiences like that. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it, that trip was super me- memorable for me. I definitely yeah. want to try and come out there again, but uh, it was just cool. Like I mean, I remember just that one thing where Brad is shooting <laughs> tapioca balls at <laughs> allegedly, allegedly shooting tapioca balls at passing cars, but like laughing like a child, you know, <laughs> like, we were there for like over an hour, losing yeah. our minds, just sitting yeah. on the sidewalk. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh yeah. God. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. That was just such a good trip. So, um, yeah, yeah when you asked me, it was kind of a no brainer for me. So cool thank you i appreciate that well i mean if you had a good time and you end up liking the way this comes out in a few weeks like um and i ask you again like man i hope you i hope you come on and like we have a chit chat about you know some other form of weird skydiving stuff like it might not necessarily be exactly like this but it might be about something like uh history of skydiving like something kind of new and uh we don't really talk about this stuff you know we don't talk about like how things got started and how we've evolved and yeah. you know like who the pioneers were like we kind of miss out on a little bit of like our history as like a collective group of people um yeah. or the other thing i want to talk about like i said like i want to talk about movies i want to talk about skydiving movies like it's a huge thing that i'm super excited about and 
like just movies and like editing and and stuff in general so it would be a lot of fun to talk to somebody else who is also kind of like-minded about it you know yeah what's so, so what's funny is the guy that taught me uh fred witsit he actually did the skydiving scene for uh that movie get smart with oh, Steve Carell. which one was he uh he was the the guy the the guy he was steve carell's character okay all right for that whole I've, skydiving scene i've been trying so we i am structuring and i'm getting all prepped for uh an episode with another friend of mine who is um he he owns a production company so we always talk about movies and stuff and we wanted yeah. to we want to talk specifically about skydiving content in film um yeah. and we're going to do an episode on newer skydiving references from like the last 10 15 years in, yeah. in film and that get smart that scene is on one of the lists that we're that we're trying to compile and so i was trying to find last night um any video clip i could online and it is impossible it's impossible to find that whole clip somewhere and the other one that's really hard too is the kingsman one uh the kingsman oh, yeah, secret yeah, yeah. service i yeah. can't find that anywhere so i ended up renting the movie for like two dollars and just recording it on my phone so i can send it to him <laughs> and say just watch this <laughs> yeah um yeah like i would i want to i want to talk more about that stuff because i think a lot of people could have fun listening to something like that and I'm um, sure he he'd be happy to talk about. I'm uh, I'm still uh, in contact with him every now and then. So um, I can I'm sure if I if I hit him up, he would be happy to talk about it. That could be cool. That could be yeah. really really cool. He, he's I, an awesome dude. He's like just such a chill chill guy. Like I think he lives in uh, North Carolina now, but um, probably one of the coolest. Like I don't know. I don't. I only have one AFF experience, but like I, I feel <laughs> I feel very fortunate with the experience I had with him and my sister teaching yeah. me. So, yeah. I mean, like you also knew him a little bit closer though, too, yeah. because of that relationship, you know? So even though you only had the one experience skydiving with him, like you still know right. him on a, on a much different level. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be super cool. That'd be really yeah. cool to like talk and, to and what, What's actually cool with him too, is for Michelle's only done one skydive and uh, it was when we were in Florida visiting a few years ago. Uh, I hadn't seen him in like maybe, I don't know, six years. And so he asked me like, oh, does Michelle want to go on a jump? I'm like, eh, I don't know. She hasn't really like expressed much interest. And he's like, well, how about this? Uh, I'll take her on a tandem. You can do video. Uh, it'll be on the house. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh man. All right. So I brought that up with Michelle and she's like, okay. But uh, that was just such a cool jump because it obviously it was Michelle's first time jumping. And then we were in South Florida. So like, you know, like those Florida clouds, like those massive Florida clouds in the background, mm -hmm. like Oh, it was so cool. And, and the fact that she was jumping with the guy who I did my first jump with, and I was like feeling the role that my sister filled for me, for, for Michelle. So mm -hmm. I don't know, it was really cool. It's full circle, man. You're yeah. paying it forward full circle. Yeah. <laughs> but, awesome. but yeah, if, uh, if you, uh, if you want me to try and like contact him for something, like cool. I can definitely, yeah. See what, see, see what his interest is and like, be, be super honest about it. Like I have 20 episodes recorded. Yeah is a baby a baby project but it would be really cool to pick his brain about what that whole process was like and like what his experience was like being on that set you know yeah um getting like a breakdown of how the whole process works you know like that kind of stuff that would be really cool to talk to cool. him about so that would that would be great i i would be so thankful and appreciative if you if you yeah. pulled that string for me so thank you yeah i could definitely uh, i'll send him a message and see see but right. I'm, I'm sure i'm sure he'd be into it he's an All awesome right. dude cool 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 yeah. i 
Oh, I wait with bated breath. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. <laughs> All right. Um, to wrap this up though and not steal any more of your time tonight. Um, yeah. thank you so much, dude, for coming on and donating your time to this whole this whole project of mine. Um, for entertaining me and everybody that's listening. Like, I have a feeling everyone's really gonna enjoy this episode, and there's a lot of people that will be excited to hear this. Like, cool. thank you again. Like, again, it's very much appreciated. Like awesome. Thank you've you. Been, you've been awesome. All right. With that. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, blue skies.